The Journey Hometown Journal. We, of course, offer hunting and fishing opportunities across the state. We are the licensing uh, agency for hunting and fishing in Virginia, and that's really been a backbone of our, our program for a long, long time. Welcome to the Hometown Journal. I'm Mark Edwards. This morning, we're going to learn about the work of the Virginia Department of Wildlife Resources and how you can benefit from the services the department provides when it comes to enjoying Virginia's wildlife and natural resources. Ryan Brown is the executive director of the department. Ryan, thank you for being with us this week. Tell us a little bit about your background and how that led you to becoming the executive director of the department. Yes, well, I had a bit of an interesting career path. I grew up on a family farm in Bluvanna County, uh, not not too far from Lynchburg, where you are, and uh, spent my time in the woods and in the fields of, of rural Virginia and always had an affinity for that. Unlike a lot of our staff here who were science majors and went on to become biologists, I specialized in the liberal arts and wound up in, in law school. Uh, but even there, found my closest connection to those topics that uh, I could see and touch and that I could recall from my childhood. So I had a very strong interest in environmental law and natural resources uh, in particular. And so when I got out of school, I wound up um, with the Office of the Attorney General here in Virginia, representing Virginia's natural resources agencies. That eventually uh, led me to positions with the Department of Conservation and Recreation and our state parks agency, and then ultimately here to the department, uh, with wildlife being my chief passion in life, this was always the destination. It was just a bit of a, a winding road to get here. But I'm uh, very excited to uh, be in this position now and you know, take the lead on protecting Virginia's wildlife populations. Well, the department has gone through a name change. It was the Department of Game and Inland Fisheries, now the Virginia Department of Wildlife Resources. Tell us a little bit about the reason for the name change and then how that better promotes the department's mission. The new name simply is a a matter of name recognition. DWR is is a bit unique in that we're a state agency that raises its own funds. And so we have really a, a primary mission of connecting Virginia's public to wildlife and outdoor-based recreation, secondary but, but very necessary uh, mission of raising funding sufficient to carry out that mission and help preserve our habitats and our wildlife. And like any other business out there, when you're trying to generate funds, marketing is important, and the first step in marketing is having a name that the public recognizes. While a lot of us are nostalgic for the old name, I have plenty of old DGIF memorabilia I'm proud to have and, and uh, enjoy very much. At the same time, to the new user, Game and Inland Fisheries just didn't have the, the meaning or the right-off-the-bat recognition that the term wildlife has. And we saw a number of other agencies across the country adapt their names to something that, that the, the unfamiliar may be able to recognize just upon sight. And so that was really the impetus for the name change. Um, We're still doing the same wildlife conservation and outdoor recreation that we've been doing here uh, for many decades now. Um, But we're hoping to attract new folks to take advantage of all that Virginia's wildlife resources have to offer in terms of enhancing their lives and uh, hopeful that the new name will help lead them to us uh, so that we can show them um, all the great things that we have here. So our listener has a a better understanding. You mentioned that this is an agency that has to raise its own funds. So there is no state funding or anything allocated from the General Assembly. Is that correct? 
we get very limited uh, funding from the state general fund, and actually the, the funding that comes here is uh, earmarked based on sales of outdoor equipment and boat sales and uh, use taxes, and so directly related to our mission. Everything else we raise on our own or we go seek on our own through grants uh, or things of that nature. We truly are over 90% self-funded, and even the, the 10% that remains has very strong ties to the, the public's uh, taking in of our programs. Give us an overview, if you will, of the department services and helping the public better interact with wildlife and, and really understand what conservation is all about. It's actually a much broader agency than might appear at face value. We are the lead state agency on wildlife conservation. That means not just the species themselves, but also their habitats are primary concern to us. We, of course, offer hunting and fishing opportunities across the state. We are the, the licensing uh, agency for hunting and fishing in Virginia, and that's really been a backbone of our, our programs for a long, long time. We're the state's boating agency. So when you go down to register your boat, you're, you're actually doing that through us. Um, and so those opportunities are out there. And then we have a very strong outreach and education program where we seek through the schools and through uh, programs that we offer to the general public, hands-on opportunities to experience wildlife and, and get to know what's out there in the woods and waters of Virginia. And then finally, uh, a major component of our agency is our, our law enforcement division. Uh, many people don't know that we actually have the second largest statewide law enforcement agency in the state housed here within the agency uh, with our conservation police officers who are out there every day protecting our wildlife resources as well as public safety. They are Department of Criminal Justice Services certified and have the ability to enforce all of the laws of Virginia. However, we are focused on, of course, wildlife conservation as well as boating safety. And so that's the focus of our folks. Um, we do get calls for assistance with general law enforcement from time to time and try to help out. But uh, on, on a given day, our officers are out there looking out for our wildlife and looking out for the safety of the, the Commonwealth citizens and engaged in the types of activities that the agency promotes. This is the Hometown Journal, and this morning we are sharing with you the work of the Virginia Department of Wildlife Resources with our guest, Ryan Brown, Executive Director of the Department. When we come back, we'll find out how COVID-19 has impacted the department and also affected how you and I interact with the state's wildlife population and its resources. If you are looking for information on places to view wildlife or if you're interested in getting your hunting and fishing license, be sure and visit dwr.virginia.gov. That's dwr.virginia.gov. In a world where we're all connected, sometimes we feel disconnected. But with the My Journey FM mobile app, you can experience hope and encouragement whenever, wherever. Isn't that cool? Engage with your favorite Journey artists and music. See what song just played. Find out what concerts and hometown events are in your area. Get connected. Lately, I've been listening to it almost every day. I really needed the encouragement. The My Journey FM mobile app. Download it today in your app store. Now back to more of the Journey Hometown Journal. Mark Edwards back with you. This week we are discussing Virginia's wildlife population and the services provided by the Virginia Department of Wildlife Resources. 
Ryan Brown, Executive Director of the department, is our guest. Ryan, we've all been impacted by COVID-19. How has COVID-19 impacted the department and then uh, the public's ability to participate in outdoor activities uh, and enjoy the state's natural resources? Interestingly enough, outdoor activities and outdoor recreation has flourished during the COVID era because the outdoors has always been open. Uh, You'll remember back in the springtime when, you know, your retail businesses and the types of indoor recreation that we all like to partake in was was closed. Uh, The outdoors was still out there and available, obviously a great place to socially distance. Um, and so we saw an increase, in, actually, in, in numbers of people partaking in fishing and using our wildlife management areas. We own 230,000 acres spread across the state in those areas. And we saw new faces out there using them this past spring because there weren't other options. The department's staff is two-thirds based in the field, one-third based in the offices. Uh, But like many other employers out there, our office staff are teleworking, but have done so successfully throughout the pandemic. Our field staff, just like you or I going out in the outdoors, their their job is to be out in the woods and, and, and on the water and distant from other folks. And so they've been able to continue their work. Uh, This agency really has remained fully functional throughout the pandemic, which has been a a great thing for us. We've also fared well from a health perspective during the event. And of course, our employee safety is is number one in our mind. But uh, I'm quite proud of the job of the staff here and the manner in which we've been able to respond to this, you know, once in a hundred year event. Yeah, definitely. I was watching a program on one of the outdoor sportsman channels that I get on my, my cable service, and they were doing sort of a forum discussion. But that's one of the things that they said is that since COVID-19, they were talking about that in in their particular region where the show is done, that they had seen an increase as well in the number of people that were getting fishing licenses and getting their hunting licenses and, and being outdoors. Yes, yeah. In fact, our resident fishing licenses uh, spring of this year picked up by over 10% over the prior year. So we, we hope folks got out there and had a good time, and that carries them into enjoying fishing in years to come. What about the status of hunting in Virginia? Are you seeing more people hunting than in previous years? And whether that's COVID-related or not, is are the numbers going up, or is hunting in, in a decline? Well, right now, we're, we're in the peak season of hunting license sales, which is the month of November. Over 90% of our hunters in Virginia hunt for white-tailed deer, and this happens to be the prime month for that. And so it's a little premature to say what the this year's license sales will look like when it's all tallied up uh, in light of the pandemic. We're certainly uh, very interested in that. But nationally, we see a, uh, a slow but steady decline in numbers of hunting license sold. That's not unique to Virginia. That's experienced by all 50 states. It goes down by about a percentage point per year. Um, We have programs in place. There's a program called R3, uh, Recruit, Retain, Reactivate, that is geared towards exposing the public to hunting and also retaining them as hunters once they decide to engage in the activity and hopefully have a, a wonderful time at it. Um, and so we are focused in on that number because, of course, it's important to our license sales, which is important to the, our bottom line here and our ability to deliver programs. At the same time, we're generally interested in getting folks outdoors. Step one in trying to 
gets you to get familiar with wildlife and engage with it in whatever form you so choose, whether that's hunting, fishing, wildlife watching, whatever else, is simply to get you outdoors. And as Virginia has continued to suburbanize, there are less folks out there that grew up with the background that I was fortunate to have, where wildlife was simply a part of, of their way of life and something they interacted with every day. And for many of these new Virginians um, or younger Virginians, getting out in the woods may be a first-time experience. We want to be there to help provide that in a safe manner in a way that they'll enjoy it, and then and they'll come to value our wildlife and uh, pass that on to others around them. How has technology helped the younger generation or somebody uh, just interested in maybe for the first time getting their their hunting license as far as preparing for their hunter education and safety training? Technology has really been a game changer. Um, you, you spoke of the younger generation, and we all know that the millennials and, and other young folks really uh, lead their lives through their phones. And so to beat them on their terms, we need to be there and available to them. We have our, our own DWR app, which you can do your license purchases through. You can do your hunter education and your boating education online if that's how you choose to do it. And actually, that turned out to be quite, quite fortunate to have that capability during the pandemic when in-person classes were, were not able to be done. And so we've use technology to make ourselves and our programs as available as possible to anyone out there, no matter where you are. If you have connectivity, you can reach the the full breadth of the department's programs, as well as complete any transactions with us that you need to, which has made life a whole lot easier for a lot of folks who, you know, previously would have had to drive somewhere and or uh, make an appointment to attend a course. Now they can do it if they're sitting at home one evening and they decide they want to begin their hunter education course. They've got that ability. All they have to do is log on. This week on the Hometown Journal, our guest is Ryan Brown, Executive Director of the Virginia Department of Wildlife Resources. When we come back, we'll talk about the department's efforts to reintroduce elk to Southwest Virginia. And again, if you want to learn more about hunter education and related classes, as well as places to view wildlife, Visit dwr.virginia.gov for more information. We'll be back with more in a minute. Even when you can't always attend the latest concert, you can have your own personal concert with the My Journey FM mobile app. Your favorite Journey artists and songs all on your phone or mobile device. Good music. And while you're enjoying your music, you can spread the hope and encouragement and support the journey by tapping Give Now. Take the journey with you everywhere. Get the My Journey FM mobile app today in your app store. Now back to more of the Journey Hometown Journal. This week on the Hometown Journal, our topic is Virginia wildlife. Mark Edwards back with you along with our guest, Ryan Brown, the executive director of the Virginia Department of Wildlife Resources. Ryan, one of the campaigns to educate the public about enjoying the outdoors and wildlife in Virginia is called Restore the Wild. Tell us about that effort and how people can get involved. Yeah, Restore the Wild is a relatively new program here that we're quite excited about. It's a, a manner in which the public can join with us in conserving wildlife and particularly habitat projects that we may take on out there. There are different levels of membership. This is all on our website, bwr.virginia.gov uh, slash restore the wild, or just go to our homepage and link to it. But at the end of the day, each level of membership gets you certain benefits, including our newsletter, a access permit to use our WMAs, which you would need if you don't already hold a hunting or fishing license or a boat registration, 
and a subscription to our, our magazine as well comes along with uh, with the mid-level membership. We are hoping to use this as a as a mechanism by which uh, folks who are interested in benefiting wildlife, either in some non-traditional means other than buying a hunting or fishing license, or simply because they want to do a little more, would have the ability to do so and uh, be able to show them tangible results at the end uh, through habitat projects that we complete on the ground with the money that's raised and, uh, and and we can in turn show them what their what their dollars have done you know as as mentioned uh, in response to one of the earlier questions we are self-funded the the money that we use to go out there and do the good work that we do comes from the public and the folks who enjoy wildlife and outdoor recreation and this is uh, simply another Another means that's available on a voluntary basis for the public to come in and do exactly that. Part of getting out and and really enjoying wildlife in Virginia is what's happening in the southwest region, and that is this reintroducing uh, elk to the region. Tell us a little bit about that process and how things are going. Yeah, that's a very exciting uh, project, and it's still get in, in my neck of the woods in the central part of the state when you mentioned Virginia's elk herd to, to folks just out on the street you sometimes get funny looks and then <laughs> an opportunity to tell them all about what's going on with elk uh, in Virginia this project dated back to you know around the 2009-2010 time period it started the, the first reintroduction um, occurred in, in 2012 and was a partnership between the department, the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, uh, the state of Kentucky, which has had a, a very successful elk reintroduction effort, and also the state of Missouri was involved as well at the time. We moved 75 elk from Kentucky into Virginia after they passed through numerous health checks. That herd's grown over time. We're into the several hundred of animals at this point down in the Buckhannon, Dickinson, and Wise County areas. Uh, we actually had legislation passed this past year to enable the department to establish regulations for the first Virginia elk hunt, which we're working on right now. Still maybe a couple years off on that, and it, of course, would be very limited at that time period. But, you know, it's been a, a very rewarding uh, endeavor to bring that species back to Virginia. A lot of folks don't realize that elk roamed the state of Virginia historically. It was only in the 1860s that the, the last was harvested and, you know, basically extirpated the species from the state at that point in time. But many of the street names or place names that you may drive by or recognize on a, on a regular basis that include the, the word elk in them, I happen to go past a couple on the, the, the way to work each day, uh, are making reference to the fact that there were elk uh, spread across the Virginia landscape. Now, we don't foresee that with this particular effort. These these elk are intended to remain in the coalfields region where they are now. Um, obviously, there's agricultural impacts and uh, not to mention uh, vehicle considerations or roadway considerations today that didn't exist a couple of centuries ago. And so we're you know looking to have a very targeted population down in the specific area of the state where it's a, a good situation for the elk and a good situation for the, the people as well. But uh, the program has been, you know, a success to date and we think will be not just a victory for wildlife conservation, but also for the local economy down in that area. That's certainly what we've seen with Kentucky's effort, which started um, back in the 1990s. They now have a 
very healthy elk herd there, and it really has been a, a driver of economic development for the Coalfields region of Kentucky uh, that's close to our southwest Virginia. What's a manageable size? What would you like to see long-term as far as the herd in that region? Well, it depends on, on land availability and what we call cultural carrying capacity, which is how we manage all of our species in Virginia. And really in plain terms, what that means is how much of a given number of animals would the public like to see? You know, when we look at like the bear, deer, turkey populations of Virginia, Virginia's habitats are actually able to carry on their own and provide shelter and food for many more animals than what we have. But at a certain point, the public decides enough is enough. And so we try to gauge what that tolerance level is or that happy medium between folks who want to see more of an animal and folks who may want to see a few less of them and manage to those. And and elk will be done down in the southwest Virginia region the same way. Um, Virginia's herds not intended to become a large herd such as Kentucky's, which is somewhere between 10 and 15,000 animals at this point. I think uh, we will probably begin having limited elk hunts when we get around the 400 animal mark or, or so like that. And, you know, we're probably talking of that order of magnitude over the long term. Here at the end of the program, I want to give you an opportunity, Ryan, to just maybe comment on any current campaigns or projects or maybe anything coming up in the future that you want the the public to know about. You know, we always have a lot going on at the department, and uh, we recently revamped our website, so I'd encourage all of your listeners to check that out because we could sit here for the next hour and I couldn't cover all of the the (laughs) different programs that we have out there. But a few of particular note, um, we have been uh, this year during the pandemic uh, greatly involved in in, in what really is the East Coast biggest seabird conservation effort uh, that that I'm aware of that occurred down in the Hampton Roads region associated with the the construction of the new Hampton Roads Bridge Tunnel. Again, on our website, there's more information on that, but a very exciting project to be engaged in and protected, one of the largest migratory seabird colonies that's out there. We're also continuing to, to pay close attention to our game species. Uh, deer in particular, white-tailed deer are not just the, the most hunted animal in Virginia, they're also, also the, the most watched and generally appreciated by the public. Uh, you may have heard of chronic wasting disease, which is something that uh, a number of other states um, have encountered in, in recent decades and can be very detrimental to uh, your deer herds as well as uh, the, you know, the sport of hunting within those states. Virginia has a small amount of it that has come across the border from West Virginia in the northeast part of the state. And we're constantly monitoring for that and also asking the public to let us know of any wildlife disease issues that they become aware of. And so look for more of that from the department. But also, uh, if you are someone who is interested in deer, whether it's because you like to hunt or because you like to simply watch them in your backyard, take the time to educate yourself on that disease and, uh, you know, observe the practices that prevent it from spreading, which interestingly enough is is social distancing for animals. It's Mm. avoiding congregation through placement of food and things of that nature. We are in the midst of of educational programs around that as we try to protect our deer herd in Virginia and, and prevent the further spread. That is Ryan Brown, Executive Director of the Virginia Department of Wildlife Resources.
Again, if you would like more information about how to become involved in Restore the Wild, find out about locations in Virginia where you can view wildlife, or if you are interested in getting your hunting and fishing licenses, all of that information is at the department's website, dwr.virginia.gov. That's dwr.virginia.gov. I'm Mark Edwards. My thanks again to Ryan Brown for being our guest this week, and thank you for joining us for the Hometown Journal. You've been listening to the Journey Hometown Journal. If you're a part of an organization or know of one in the communities we serve and would like to be considered as a guest, please make your request at myjourneyfm.com, email office at myjourneyfm.com, or call 800-424-9594. The Hometown Journal is a presentation of The Journey. Opinions and views expressed on this program are not necessarily those of The Journey or Liberty University.